Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. center of the galaxy this is the four center podcast feed this is one of our deep dives one of our back to tanks of talk so dive in and enjoy the hopefully healing fluid i'm ken no gosh (laughs) Uh, i'm tempted to say edit but no no i'm joseph scrimshot and i was thinking in my head like okay keep moving get get to ken and i just said i'm ken knapsack i know i'm not you I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsack, I think. <laughs> I think. Total well, identity crisis. Look, you know, live, live to tape is a mantra I live on, which means a lot of mistakes sometimes get in. And I'm always I'm always fine with it. Little stumbles. I'm the king of, uh, I, I don't care. 
Just have some momentum and personality, kids. That's your broadcasting lesson for today. And occasionally call your co-host you and you your co-host. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, that was some great wisdom from me, Ken Nabsock. Anyway, how are you doing, Joseph? Oh, man, let me tell you, I've been drumming. I've been watching David Lynch films. I've been doing great. Doing great. Excellent. Excellent. I've been enjoying some sports and some (laughs) nachos. Great stuff. Wait a minute. Are you saying the real Joseph doesn't enjoy a nacho? Is it just Ken? I do. I do. I do. I just, I feel like you probably have like a science to nachos. Ah, I do. I do. Oh, that's hilarious. And I, and I always think of you and F frozen pizza. So this is what the story is. (laughs) Well, we are excited, uh, now that we know who we are, uh, to get into our star Wars discussion today, as always, we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by audible. You can get a free audiobook download in a 30 day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player this week. We are recommending Mission to Disaster by Justina Ireland. Ireland. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for a free audiobook on us, but we still have more. We do indeed another offer from our friends at Inside Editions, publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books, and they are offering 35% off across their website if you use this special link, insideeditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we're recommending the Inside Editions book, the mini book of lightsabers. We love this cute little book of these deadly, elegant weapons. Again, use this link, insideeditions.com slash discount slash FC35. Look, cute, deadly, elegant, that is a great Twitter bio and a great description of that book. Uh, We are going to get into our main topic this week, Ken. Uh, We we try to look around for the deep dive. Sometimes it's uh, something that's just really on our minds uh, or our souls. Uh, Sometimes it's a memory. Sometimes it's something that's kind of floating around in the fandom discussion. And I think for me, I'm just thinking ahead a lot about the the new Star Wars stories that are coming to Disney Plus. What's going to come to the the theaters eventually? And I started to think about this word "edgy," Ken. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> what exactly it means, how it relates to Star Wars. I think part of this was on my mind because there's a lot of discussion about uh, the new Batman movie, The Batman, mm-hmm. uh, being a gritty and edgy take on Batman, which is have uh, many of the on-screen uh, uh, takes on Batman been. So there was a lot of discussion around that, about what does gritty mean? What does edgy mean? And uh, to kind of frame this, I think a lot of what gives Star Wars its power, in my opinion, is the tension. Star Wars is many things, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes it, it, that, that goes really great for people, and other times it's this kind of tension that they want to resolve, but it doesn't really resolve because... <laughs> At its at its core, to me, it's a thrilling space fantasy adventure serial B movie. Gee whiz, fun, and it is also profound philosophy about how to get through life and death and family and darkness. Uh, it's got all sorts of exciting battles, and yet it is often arguing for empathy and pacifism. You know, it is a morality tale for kids. George Lucas says, "I made it for twelve year olds," and then sometimes this thing that is made for twelve uh, year olds is just full of death. Death, death and more death death on a planetary scale death it's for kids so uh there's always this this tension in star wars and i think one of them is that star wars can be silly fun weird extremely where it's hard on its sleeve optimistic and hopeful but then also kind of like edgy gritty badass that was such a cool way that our hero or our villain took out that person and that contrast i think between 
weird, fun, silly, and and gritty badass is, I think, one of the big ones of Star Wars. So we're going to talk about that tension, but specifically the edgy side, how we define it, our relation to it, its place in the past and the future of the saga. Ken, for you, how would you describe this edgy side of Star Wars? What would you include in that? What does that mean to you? What I... What... What I would include, you know, let me let me just start here. It's so funny you talk about this tension. This just popped in my head the other day. I was rewatching Empire of Dreams. You know, we were discussing the the legacy and, uh, and passing of Alan Ladd Jr. on the news show. So it made me just watch Empire of Dreams. Bill Moyers, American uh, journalist, former press secretary for uh, LBJ's administration, I believe. He uh, was in the and there's a great great clip of him of talking about how Star Wars came out the right time, right? If it's too mm. early, it's Buck Rogers. If it's too late, uh, our, our sensibilities have changed, but it came out the right time post-Vietnam War. All those kind of things that people talk about when talk about 77 and Star Wars, even the state of cinema, the French connection, everyone wanted that. And George comes out with this fantasy space fairy tale. He, and then he pauses and he's like, he's like, and also Star Wars is a lot of fun. <laughs> I think people need to forget. It's a lot of fun to watch. There's that tension. And in that tension, you, 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 there's so many things to connect with. So to get back to your question here, Joseph, sorry for the, the problem. No, no. And, and, and maybe we should just do an episode someday about all the tensions. Uh, so many tensions. Uh, you know, so what would I include in that? I start with the Revenge of the Sith. The Vader always saying, Clone Wars, tales of witches and Sith and pirates. Funny ones, but they're still pirates. Violence, the violence of Mando and Boba Fett. Uh, but here's here's what it is. It goes beyond just violence and how it looks on screen, red lightsabers. It's to me kind of when the full weight of the character's choices are on display and it's often met with consequences is when Star Wars gets edgy and dark for me. And maybe, mm. it's, maybe it's some of the bigger choices or steps towards those choices. Maybe the choice is something else, but I'm thinking of a lot of the Anakin stuff. Revenge of the Sith is definitely one of the, it's PG-13. I was in a theater that kids cried at. <laughs> not yeah. a good way. <laughs> uh, being terrified about the Palpatine uh, the situation when he when he when he gets uh, electrocuted, um, but I think about it, it's 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 the weight of those choices to me, and that's not necessarily something I've always thought. I think that's changed for me, and that's where I go now. Where I'm thinking Star Wars, edgy Star Wars is uh, you have done something, and perhaps it's wrong. Mm, I like that a lot, and and just in terms of the way we're talking about it, we're using the word edgy, gritty, because that's kind of what gets thrown around. Yeah. Do, do you yeah. think that's the the right word to capture? Uh, what we're talking about, it, you know, it, would it be better to say the dark side of Star Wars? What do you think about just the word edgy? It's it's a great question, right? Dark and gritty is that phrase uh, that gets tossed around so much that I don't even know the meaning of it anymore sometimes. It's just, it's just the way of it, especially if you're in the YouTube space and been on movie channels and movie fighting and all that kind of stuff. You're like, oh, I like dark and gritty. Like, wh- what is that even? <laughs> is it just the, the way the cinematographer shot it? <laughs> what is it? Do you like crying, screaming? Curse words, butts. Like, what is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This movie has butts. Yeah. For- <laughs> do you like? Do you like a dark, gritty take on Superman? Well, here's his butt. Yeah. So I, I think. Uh, so I don't even. To be honest, like I don't, I don't even know. I just, I just kind of get a sense of what edgy means and what it means to Star Wars. You know. Yeah, I think for me, just um, uh, I'll try to keep this short. I know I've talked about it before. I, I have a, I kind of got to process it through my own life. And when I was uh, growing up, it was a lot of um, sitcoms or procedurals on television, or even the early comic books I read, where nothing big ever changed. Right, like it, it reset. Like you know, maybe you know, Sam and Diane's relationship would change a little bit, but Norma's still at the bar. You know. 
Yeah. And, you know, if you're you're watching, you know, an episode of Chips, kind of the same things would happen, you know, and it would reset. And there's a sense that uh, nothing ever changes. Everything is kind of uh, safe. Right. Mm-hmm. And for me, where dark and gritty, where I started going like, yeah, I like dark and gritty is when some of the seminal comic books came out, like Watchmen and uh, mm-hmm. The Dark Knight Rises, which, which both approach it as like, what if this was a, a little bit more real? What if, you know, these characters were truly violent, truly tortured? And it felt like this burst of honesty to me. Mm-hmm. So being dark, being gritty, being cynical, being sarcastic when I was a young man felt like honesty because it felt like everything else was trying to say just pretend that everything resets and everything's fine and don't talk about problems so dark and gritty to me used to be real mm-hmm. you are right on it's always sunny on tv right that that's kind of the uh, the way it was and and then the shows that started popping up where you know where it wasn't as some of the big early hbo shows right uh, uh and i think honest is 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 a great way to look at it just like here's the real world Here's what actually going to happen. Here's the, when the choices go wrong. I think that's the starting point for all of it. Again, I think over the over time, the conversation gets lost and it is just might be, all jokes aside, might be nudity, nudity violence and everything, you know, and, and, and Batman's cursing now. I don't, you know, it's like, I think it ends up there, but I, th- I think you're right. We are in that era. I, I kind of remember for the first time seeing shows and going, wow, you know, that person died or something. You know, I, I always bring up Robotech the reason I bring up Robotech is it's the first time I, I saw a character die. Yeah. I saw a thing. Uh, there was a consequence to this war. G.I. Joe, nothing happens. Pew, 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 lasers. And they're all back next week. Roy Folker died like 11 episodes. <laughs> into the show. So, right. And, yeah. And, and that was that. That is, I think, the, the starting point, the genesis of this edgy conversation. Exactly. And, and then for me, I think if it is going forward, once once dark and gritty becomes like a thing that honestly Hollywood or, or, or anybody in a creative industry can go, oh, that's what people like, we'll do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that it can lose some of its heart and its honesty, you know? And I still like dark and gritty things that are like, we are really trying to pursue something that is real, uh, that the, the, the characters are in real trauma and there's, they live in worlds where actual bad things can happen. There are high stakes. I still like that, but I think there's a kind of dark and gritty that has taken over where the dark and gritty isn't the surface. It's not just the cinematography, the swearing in the butts, but <laughs> <laughs> the life perspective that yes. cynicism is the valid perspective in that hope and optimism and everybody will work together is foolish naivete and dark, gritty, raining, everything is tragedy is the correct view. And for me, now that this, this debate has gone on so long, I think we are in these couple of pendulum swings. Yeah. And for me, I like dark and gritty stuff as long as it isn't getting totally into that is the only valid perspective of the world of like why everybody is traumatized. Why even try the systems are broken. You can never do anything. So, you know, just, just brood and punch people. (laughs) Um, And I think the interesting relationship that star Wars has with this is I think it has a ton of storytelling. That is the dark and gritty that I liked as a young man, which is about, let's be honest about the trauma that people are going through. Let's be honest that the stakes are high. If you make a bad choice, really bad things can happen and they happen forever and that's it. I think Star Wars tells that, but I think so often it tries to keep its hope. And that's why I think I like the dark ingredient Star Wars is because it ultimately is in most Star Wars stories about hope. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I was probably going to make a big sweeping judgment on on dark and gritty fans, and I, I'm going to pull back from it other than say it's just I, I think again the definition has changed from the starting point. I think you're great to point that honest honest uh, entry point into into the world of edgy, uh, and now it's it, it has become something else uh, that I'll I'll start to discuss more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting. I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, uh, yeah. probably to to frame it this way. Um, yeah. So uh, to to answer the question that uh, that uh, I I started us off on before I went on a dark, edgy tangent. Um, for me in Star Wars, I, I think uh, there are the stories where, like, in order to tell uh, this this uh, journey back up to hope, uh, you know, in order to show the power of characters being able to get up, we got to knock them down, right? <laughs> and a lot of the darkness is in when individual characters are knocked down or make choices, like you said, that knock them down or mired in really dark periods for the galaxy. For So things like Vader's fall, right? Um, yeah. uh, I, I think some, I don't know a lot of the older public storytelling as well, but from the bits I know, kind of spending time with those uh, Sith Lords, I can get into the, the edgy stuff. Um, you know, yeah. things like blowing up entire planets. Uh, I think Star Wars has some good war is hell type storytelling. Like that Pong mm-hmm. Krell arc is extremely dark. Uh, Cassian killing Tivik because he feels like that's what he has to do. Uh, for me, going back to the original Dark and Gritty, you know, uh, Luke getting his hand cut off by his own father. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of dark and gritty. Um yeah. So I think there are a lot of dark and gritty events, and sometimes I think we're invited to sort of wallow in it and enjoy it for like this is this is the dark times and it's cool and it's edgy and it's high stakes. But the other thing for me that I wanted to kind of lay out as an opinion right at the top is tone is everything. You look at A New Hope and that great quote that you pull is like, and by the way, it's fun. You know, Star Wars is this, it's this whiz bang adventure that's a break from Nixon and Vietnam. Uh, in this incredibly fun movie, Owen and Beru are <laughs> reduced to skeletons. Leia's yeah. physically tortured. Almost every rebel pilot is killed, including Luke's buddy from back home. Luke then loses his other parental figure of Ben. Millions are killed on Alderaan and the Death Star. But it's all about tone, right? Those events happen. They matter. But the tone, the way the story is told makes such a big difference. And that's so important to me is like, what are we talking about when dark and gritty? Are we talking about what actually happens? Are we talking about uh, the the tone? Are we talking about the message we're supposed to receive? Dark and gritty can exist on many different levels. Yeah, yeah, and and by the way, that very fun uh, movies to to help you escape from uh, Nixon Watergate in Vietnam is about Nixon Watergate in Vietnam, <laughs> right? It's a yeah, it's a different approach to it. Of like, maybe we can wrestle with these ideas in a different way, in a more hopeful way. Of like, yeah, things are bad, but how could we get out of this? Hope. Rather than mm-hmm. how how can we just roll around in this sucks, you know? Yep. Versus how can we get out of it? Yeah, and Lucas clearly wanted to go on to Apocalypse uh, Now and, and and do another different side of it, right? You know, uh, I think it, it, tone is right. Tone is right. Yeah. So, so many things to discuss with this. Let's uh, let I want to ask you about this uh, right at the top. When, if ever, does a focus on gritty, darker, edgy in Star Wars concern you? When does it ever make you go, "I'm not sure about this. Uh, this is too gritty for me." Any of that? I think it's when it, when it, when it gives too much of a chance for the glorification of evil. Mm. And personally, I think a lot of the old Republic stuff does that, but, but I'm going to be careful to say here, it's not necessarily the content. It's not necessarily the creators. I think sometimes it attracts 
uh, uh, I want to say a certain kind of fan base. This is where I, I was trying to not, I was trying to dance up to this line of not making some general sweeping accusatory statement, but I think often the, the folks that in my life that I know that are like, ah, I wish there was more edgy. They, they kind of don't want to grow change or, or adapt with star Wars. Yeah. Uh, they stopped at about 22. They really love people getting, getting cut in two with a lightsaber and they want to live in that. And that's the gritty that they want. Um, and therefore the cool, badass, evil characters, which by the way, I love too, right? I have a lot of Vader stuff, mm-hmm. here. not Anakin stuff. I have a lot of Vader stuff hanging in my office. Uh, I have some all stuff. I have all that stuff. So I get it. I get it. And as we'll discuss later, uh, I, I've even lived in that mindset, but it's a chance for the glorification of evil. And, and I, I tried, Joseph, I tried really hard. So, okay. I, I tried, <laughs> I'm not going to make a reference to Game of Thrones here, but these are my two favorite <laughs> franchises. Okay. My two favorite mm-hmm. fantasy IP fran- are Star Wars and World of Ice and Fire. GOT, to be short. Um, and I go to them for two different distinct reasons. Star Wars presents what could be. But why, to me, Game of Thrones really often deals with what is. It's so steeped in history, but so Star Wars. But it's, you know, look at the Onderon arc taken, ripped from the headlines of the 80s, Soviet and Afghan war. We just did this on Clone Wars Report, but it, it offers a potential different ending. Mm-hmm. What could be. Where Game of Thrones uh, in that whole world... Um, is, is, is a gray area you always hear people talking about, but it's, I go to it for two different reasons and I'm more inspired by star Wars, uh, quite frankly. Right. And I think that's always got to be the kind of the purpose of star Wars. And so that's when it starts to, when, when star Wars runs up against that or leaves room to glorify some of the stuff case. I always go to the example of season one of game of Thrones, episode seven, uh, Braun steps forward to fight for Tyrion. He, he kills, uh, Servardus, uh, without honor. He's accused of it. And he's like, yep. I didn't fight with honor. He did. He's dead. That's how you survive. That's that's a very different take than Star Wars, right? And I love that moment. And there's a lot to take for that moment. But that that to me, that moment doesn't belong in Star Wars. Mm. And and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the two separate kind of <laughs> takes on it. Um, Star Wars is a different. It just has a different purpose for being here. Yeah, I I think I kind of. Uh feel that way as well. And I don't mind characters like Braun existing in star Wars. I think a lot of those characters do, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, 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 for me, it is all about, um, what is the story ultimately saying? That's when I would ever get concerned about edgy in star Wars. Like, look, I, I cheer when, uh, characters I like do violent things. When, you know, very first episode of Mandalorian, we meet him by cutting a guy in half with the door and I could cool action move, you know, and I applaud <laughs> and I like it is a viewer, you know, cause that is a part of it. It's the escapism. Um, and it's the the showing us who that character is. But for me, I, I ended up loving The Mandalorian because it wasn't just a celebration of this guy's got it rough, so he kills people because he yeah. has to. Yeah. The end. They're absolutely valid story, but it's such a Star Wars story of like, and he finds something. He, he's still violent. He still wrestles with that side of himself. He still sees that as is absolutely necessary. Uh, that is his way. Uh but he finds this other part of himself and there's this balance to, you know, the light and the dark. And that is, uh, uh, within him and, and there's mm-hmm. growth. And that is, that is star Wars to me. So mm-hmm. I, I'm like, Hey, pile on as many cool lightsaber fights as you want to. I will, I will cheer for uh, force users <laughs> doing surprising takedowns. You know, if it's mm-hmm. showing us who, who the character is, the gritty bothers me when it becomes the moral, Yeah, when it becomes like, yep, cynicism is right yep every the the system stacked against you so just look out for yourself you're the loner like that's those those themes they aren't star wars uh to me because star wars is about 
getting back up, finding hope, you know, even when it's really scary, uh, working together with other people, all these things that are really scary to do. And that's where it becomes like, no, ma- no matter how many people die and how many cool ways yeah. <laughs> or how much rain there is, that's where the story takes us. And that's the inspiration it gives us. Yeah. 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 No, fascinating stuff there that again, living in a different world. It's like, I, I don't know if I ever want, I don't want young seven-year-old Palpatine getting wronged. And so we have a, well, we understand a little bit of him. You know, I know that probably exists in his timeline and you could analyze yeah. Star Wars are probably, but it's, 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 I, I like Palpatine, Palpatine being what he is, the embodiment of evil, end of story. Uh, he's, he's the fear uh, at the end of the, at the end of the tunnel we must confront versus there is even one moment and it might just be one, but one moment with Ramsey Bolton where you're like, Oh, the hole in his soul was his father and his upbringing. Oh, I see it. <laughs> you know, and I was like, I, I don't need that in Star Wars for Palpatine. Yeah, and I, I feel like, yeah, and I feel like for me, like with a lot of the the dark side characters like Anakin, uh, like uh, Ben Solo, um, that we do see the bad things that happened to them that led them to being tempted to make a terrible choice, but it's still their choice. And Yes. That's what I ultimately like about Star Wars. I have great empathy for them. I feel like lots of people around them failed them or made bad choices around them. But to me, that is a little of the morality tale of Star Wars. Of we always have our own choice. Yeah, yeah. And I love it with the other characters. I, I think specifically, it's like I want Palpatine to be the center of evil. <laughs> you know, sorry, Chief, but you are. You know what I mean? Because that, that's too... To, to the whole purpose of, of, of George sitting down with that yellow notepad to write this all. Like I want to, I want to, we, we are in this era of uh, post uh, Nixon Watergate Vietnam war. And I'd love that to not happen again. How do I speak to the kids and give them a fairy tale of uh, how your choices matter? Oh, here we go. Let's do that. And I think Star Wars always needs to, to be tied to that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, because I, I, brought it up uh, to begin uh I, I you brought in game of thrones uh, i will briefly mention the batman <laughs> uh mm. the the character of batman is so you know tied to my journey with dark and gritty because it was that dark knight rises we're like oh wow cool this is this is it and then you know we've had lots of dark and gritty takes and and then you know when the batman movie that mm. just came out was being advertised as a dark and gritty take i was like okay i don't know we'll 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 really see and it really reminded me of Star Wars without spoilers because uh, the everything about the aesthetic <laughs> is a 70s, you know, noir film with the, that lighting. Uh, I don't think I saw a butt. Maybe I blinked. Um, <laughs> it's dark and gritty. But what the story is about is is a very Star Wars message to me. The, the story is how Batman becomes a, a Jedi Knight. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that that really crystallized for me when we we're going to have this discussion that I'm so fine with lots of gritty stuff as long as it isn't. I enjoy gritty, edgy, dark stuff as long as it isn't ultimately the message that that's what you should take from it is. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe the thing that I see sometimes on uh, in Star Wars. Um, I don't know what's in people's hearts, but from what I see online sometimes, kind of the way that that people and it's usually people I do not know. I just I just see yeah. that when I am scrolling Star Wars topics, um, there is a a, a sign a, a, a part of Star Wars fandom that I think can be about the power fantasy. At least that's what I read from what people are putting online. Maybe that's yeah. not their heart, but from what I see online, it worries me when like the worship of Sith lords becomes a power fantasy of just like yeah. because it's so relatable. Because I think we all feel traumatized we all feel like things are unfair and people don't understand us and it's such a temptation 
to be like, what if I just had all this power and anybody who wronged me, I'd just take care of them. Mm -hmm. And it's, it it worries me that anybody would stop at that part of star Wars where it's just a dark power fantasy, totally understandable. Um, And I think, and I think it's, it's the power of telling stories about, about, scary people of every once in a while you have a day where you wish you were Darth Vader right but you can never stop there because that's not the message and that's yeah. not who I want to be as a human I would not want to, to know that uh, you are taking Darth Malchus's words at uh, at, at, uh, as, at, the, at the surface level you know <laughs> yeah oh, he's got some points about the Jedi hey, it would not be a good spot to be in I yeah I don't want to be standing out on the street handing out uh, the Sith were right brochures that's not for me <laughs> yeah yeah. Mm. So uh, I do want to talk about our journey with the the uh, dark, gritty, edgy side of Star Wars. Uh, is you went from being a kid fan to a young adult fan. Uh, did you focus on and enjoy the edgy side of Star Wars more? Yeah, absolutely. And it looked even as as late as going into the Last Jedi. Uh, so what, twenty seventeen, which seems like a lifetime ago. I was intrigued. <laughs> By the idea of a grittier Star Wars. The reason I bring up that, uh, you know, Ryan Johnson stuff or, you know, uh, we, we've been talking a couple episodes ago. If, if, you know, it's the director from Breaking Bad and Looper and saying, oh, he's going to bring that to Star Wars. And even Ryan was like, I got some humor. I go into Last Jedi with that because we also were coming out of Rogue One, which, man, I love Rogue One. We're going to talk about that. But I got to tell you. Porgs changed my mind. <laughs> I had no room for Porgs in my life before I saw them. Maybe even in the press, uh, press uh, junkets leading up. But I, I, I like the idea of whatever that was. Again, not the power fantasy side, but just this idea of of dark and gritty no longer meant just uh, an honest take. Uh, some stuff that's already there, but it meant like lightsaber through the heart and blood comes out and it, like <laughs> I, I want an adult star wars i want an adult star wars and i'm not talking about uh you know just sexual situations and nudity i'm just like you know i want i want my nolan dark knight but i want it to be in star wars and i have no problem with that i think rogue one hits that i think i think parts of last jedi hit a part of, i mean rise of skywalker starts with a little mini horror film like Mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith, those two poor kids behind me at the Cinerama Dome screaming in fear <laughs> as Palpatine <laughs> and Mace fight. Screaming. <laughs> is it when his face is melting? Yeah, his face Bubbling. is melting. And these two boys were bawling. <laughs> bawling. <laughs> Sorry to laugh. It's just funny because it's totally understandable that kids would deceive it that way. And for me, that's like one of those dark, gritty moments that's like, it's still bizarre, pulpy, yeah. you know, B-movie stuff, you know, oh. at the same at the same exact time. Power, unlimited power is now one of my favorite lines. And I used to make fun of it. It's, just, it's so great. So anyways, all I had to say, it's like, I, I, I get it. I, I've definitely grown, but I, I think, I think I've studied, you know, I've studied a little bit more than I used to on what Star Wars is about. And, and I have the funny, you mentioned the Batman thing. I haven't seen it. Uh, I, Batman's like uh, my favorite super, superhero for what it's worth. I, I've answered that question before in other spots, but I have no skin in the Batman game. But I want to ask you, because I've been seeing some of what you're saying of like, yeah, people are saying dark and gritty, but it's also got a lot of comedy. Are you missing that? Uh, I have, I'm not in the conversation, but I was like, I saw a tweet this weekend and I'm totally paraphrasing it, but it, it said something of like a dad was there going, I can't believe I have to tell my kid he's too young to see Batman. Now, I don't know that's whether it's true or not. And that doesn't mean we can't have an adult Batman. I, I you know, I, I don't, I, you could live in a world with both. But 
So again, I don't know if that's a good and fair statement for the Batman picture, but it made me think of Star Wars. And mm. I never want that to be the case. Rogue One or Avengers of the Sith, maybe even Rise of Skywalker, like I said, push against that a bit. PG-13, crying kids, whatever, uh, <laughs> warnings, strobe light warnings before. But at the risk of, uh, totally risk of being mocked for being a, a charity church mouse, Joseph, I just want kids <laughs> to always be able to see Star Wars. I just never want to have to hear that about Star Wars. I do too. And I think there are lots of ways to do it. And, you know, uh, maybe, maybe I'm missing something. I wasn't looking at it through, uh, you know, a parental eye, partially because I'm not a parent and that's uh, not what yep. I was doing. Batman's PG-13 and there's some violence in that. But yep. I mean, for me, I, without without spoilers, uh, it, it, it feels Rogue One-like of mm. these characters with good hearts who are at the risk of losing their good heart are mired in this hell. And now what are they going to do? Yeah, and like, like I totally understand. Like, four might be too young to see Rogue One. I don't, you know, again, not being a parent, we don't have the perspective. We'll let, we'll ask Jennifer next week. But I've had some friends of mine who have kids who are like, oh, we've determined, yeah, you know, my wife and I met. We've determined that she's too young. Our daughter's too young to see Rogue One. That'll be next year. Like, I, yeah. that that's not what I'm meaning. I'm just talking overall feeling, anyways, to jump back in. And I, I think you're, I think you're right. I, I saw a lot of tweets based on, on on kind of what you're saying. Look at the heart of the Batman story. Uh, it, it, it's more maybe we're hopeful. Again, I haven't seen it yet. Going to see it. We'll have a follow-up conversation. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, I, I think for me, you're saying so many good things. I wanted to be sure to like own my my journey and uh, everybody's yeah. different ages, different life experiences have different journeys. So I'm not trying to say it's anybody else's journey, uh, but mine from when I grew up. Um, but like I said, that that idea that the dark and gritty felt real and sincere and honest and wasn't trying to lie to me or placate me or tell me to you know, be quiet and not bring up problems <laughs> yeah. that I saw in the world. Uh, I so gravitated as I became a, uh, a teen and a young man to the edger side of Star Wars. That's, you know, why mm -hmm. I didn't like Return of the Jedi as much because it felt a little safer. And like, I loved, I liked it, you know, um, but, you know, the Ewoks weren't my favorite. And, you know, Han seemed like he kind of softened around the edges and that. And I loved, loved, loved Empire Strikes Back. I loved the pain and trauma that the heroes went through because I felt seen. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I, you know, I didn't have a secret dad that I thought I needed to beat in battle. And then he cut my hand off, <laughs> you know, but just the idea that, Oh, they care about each other so much. I remember really starting to focus on those moments where Han and Luke are partying at, at, in Hoth and mm -hmm. they want to say so much and they can't think of what to say. And it's just in their eyes. And it's like, Oh, it's so real. They love each other like brothers and they're both going to go through hell and they're not going to see each other for so long. And, and it, it was, I enjoyed that. It'd be not because necessarily it was like cooler, but just because I felt seen, I felt like, okay, well now when I'm sad about stuff, uh, my heroes can be sad too, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so I really gravitated toward that, like cooler. I, I guess I did think it was cooler. Um, yeah. The cooler stuff. I, I still enjoyed the aliens, you know, and, yeah. and all that. Um, and even in the, in the prequel era, you know, I, I liked the, the stuff that felt heavy and real, like Qui-Gon dies and, you know, Anakin loses it when his mom dies and like, mm. uh, you know, Obi-Wan's pain of you were the chosen one. Like those were the moments that initially like really, really sparked me. And and they are powerful moments. Uh, but I went through that journey of, of gravitating toward that. And now I'm in that place where like, I love those moments. I want those moments, but I want that balance of, I still want mm. a weird B movie. I still want to accept that silly humor pops up all the time in Star Wars. You know, I want to embrace all of it. Yeah, I think it goes back to to this kind of 
original thought of where dark and edgy comes from realistic and everything versus the, the, the throwing that power fantasy stuff there. I think, yeah, you all, we all have that at one point and, and, and trust me, fallen, uh, you love revenge of the Sith, but you follow that and you kind of go straight into the dark Knight era. I, I, I did want that for star Wars, but I, I looking back, I don't know what that meant. You know, I don't know yeah. what that meant. Uh, when, when again, new hope is, is, you know, billions die on a planet in one time. Like, so yeah, I, I yeah, I, I get what you're saying about your journey. Yeah, I think maybe maybe I'm kind of wrestling with cool <laughs> is a part of dark and gritty and edgy. But I think honestly, like that is a little bit of a part of it, right? Of um, like like I say all the time, I love just embracing Star Wars as a, a as a thrilling adventure. I love embracing the moments that are a power fantasy. To this day, I wish you know that I could be uh, Luke Skywalker and do a flip and catch my lightsaber and save everybody. And it's a power fantasy. I, that's that's a part of what it is. But I think if for me, there's this risk of if I gravitate just to the stuff that feels adult, right? Like mm-hmm. cool action, big power, heartbreaking moments that there's a fear of opening up and being vulnerable and saying, I like the cute things. I liked the <laughs> silly things. I liked the weird things. I think that that's maybe a, a way to frame the danger of just wanting the edgy stuff is it's a way to kind of insulate yourself, right? Everything is cynical and dark and I am too. And you know, there's nothing to criticize about me. And I, I, I just like power and armor, <laughs> yeah. you know, versus I like the silly stuff. I like the hope, right? Mm-hmm. Hope is, hope is vulnerable. That's why, that's why this great story in star all across Star Wars about fear versus hope. Fear is easier. Hope makes you feel so vulnerable, right? Yeah. To be the one to go like, hey, team, what if we all work together, right? Like, especially yeah. the era we grew up in, that's vulnerable. And I think that's a big part of the the balance of Star Wars to me, of uh, wanting to allow myself to be vulnerable enough to embrace hope and silliness and joy and family. I think I think it's very important. I think I think you like I said earlier about sometimes showing maybe a lack of growth or willing to adapt to uh, change or generations coming up behind you having their own version of Star Wars or having Star Wars centered towards them while you're in it. I think all that can factor in. And and sometimes you and I here are speaking in general stuff, and sometimes we're speaking to our to our own journey. I, I also spent many years in a more darker, depressed spot. I remember my old, my old friend in college uh, who's still out here, a big Star Wars fan too. But like we wrote a script, we're working on a movie, we're going to shoot. And he had just gone through a breakup. And at the end, he's the hero. And to save the day, the villains choke at him and he shoots himself with a gun through his gut. He dies, but he saves the day. And I was like, I lived in that kind of energy for a while, right? Because I was a de- depressed uh, kid who didn't know where to put a lot of my angst. And uh, I don't yeah. want to stay in that and have that only be the only one way to take stuff in. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of great stories that that tell those kind of stories. And I think they can be needed. I think people need that catharsis. They need to see their own pain on screen. So, yeah, it's it. That's what makes this conversation so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, it would have been a great scene if we got more than 10 bucks to shoot it. But also, yeah, it's like you don't want to live in that. And Star Wars is 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 more than anything. Again, going back to that uh, World of Eyes and Fire versus Star Wars, where like it, Star Wars inspires me more to change, grow, be better, overcome. And those are always easy things. And sometimes they are just hopeful, happy, go lucky thoughts. Yeah. You just get back up. The voices are in your head. Right. Like I totally get where that you could just kind of say that ain't real. That yep. ain't that ain't for me. But I, I, I love finding the inspiration in it now. Yeah. And I think as I've gotten older, the the whole point for me is like, yeah, that uh, that 
often doesn't happen in real life. It, you know, mm-hmm. if Lando made that call in real life, maybe not as many people would have shown up in the citizens fleet. Yep. That's what this story is challenging us to do is to be vulnerable and allow hope in to see what, what might be possible. What might be possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so we do want to make sure that we celebrate uh, some gritty, edgy, darker moments. Cause we do obviously love them as well. What are some of your uh, uh, current favorite moments like that? Yeah. And um, and why do you like them? Yeah, to stop myself from listing every Game of Thrones moment, uh, I'll move past that. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I am I am a Nolan Batman film. I, I, I Batman film fan. Like I love those three films. I probably enjoyed them more than Marvel movies for for a long time. I think I love Marvel movies more than I did uh, back in the day. There, that was the big debate, right? Do you like Dark Knight or do you like Avengers? What do you like? Uh, so <laughs> you can like them all. So I'm one of those. But uh, you know what? One uh, we've mentioned before, and I know you're a fan of the series, but Daniel Craig's James Bond is mm. what I would say that had this kind of real world edge that I needed for that series because I'd never gone deep into Bond, right? I've talked to you before, even off air. Like I, I was not a, I saw the Pierce Brosnan one. I loved the game, right? Slappers on, let's do this. But I didn't <laughs> love anything that James Bond because from the distance, it totally, I wasn't watching them. There just seemed to be a camp nature to it, right? I'm, I'm talking about just in general seeing clips, Roger Moore stuff, and I just, I just, it didn't, I didn't, it didn't pull me in, right? Kind of turned mm-hmm. me off the idea. And then I, I go to Casino Royale with a, a then girl, girlfriend and friends, and maybe even her brother was it. We was like, all right, I'll go, I'll go see this. What everyone's talking about, and I was like, whoa, okay. I, I, there's just something gritty about it. that's dark and gritty. And you, not that, you know, James Bond was all happy go lucky before that. <laughs> but I just uh, took to so much there, even the opening sequence, not just the parkour stuff, but just uh, him um, doing something kind of what I would think was heroic, but it got him in trouble, you know, more than just give me your badge, McGarnagle, but just like it was, it was, it was, it was violent. It was real. And then Bond's, you know, just the emotional trauma, the love and loss, all those kind of things he was wrestling with was something I just didn't expect. And so I go back to those movies, but specifically Casino Royale over and over again for that kind of real world edge. Yeah, no, that I mean, that, that makes a ton of sense. And yeah, I'm a big James Bond fan from the books to the movies. And that's a fascinating dance with uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the dark and the gritty and the realistic with the, you know, absolutely campy approach to this great contrast of that's the uh, that's what bond is in the books is you know he's mm-hmm. he's a brutal killer who needs to make his peace with it and you know all of the all the fancy stuff is because he's trying to enjoy life to its absolute height because he could die any day and then that kind of gets blown out into he's always got a cool car and a cool <laughs> watch because he just likes them and he knows everything about you know uh, even how to make a quiche because you know like there, there's a lot of complexity to the the gritty nature of bond but i always gravitate towards the ones that go back the films that go back to mm-hmm. the roots of this book which to me continue to be the story of how does somebody keep their humanity when they exist in a dark world and their job has darkness to it? How do they keep their humanity? And even in the darkest Bond films, like that's what's at work of, you know, that's what Casino Royale is partially about of like, you know, you you know my name, but like, who are you really? You know, I'm asking him who he is, you know, uh, how does he handle uh, uh, falling in love and losing his armor and all those questions. uh, And that's what makes it enjoyable for me. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, coming, coming late to the game and only seeing it from the distance, it, it, it pulled me in. And, uh, and one day I might sit down and read the books when I'm not reading Star Wars books. <laughs> well, that would be a very fun podcast to do as we read through the Fleming novels. There, there's some, yeah. some great stuff and some dated stuff. I'll just say that. Some yeah. dated stuff, but uh, some yeah. great stuff as well. In the world of, of Star Wars itself, what moments do you gravitate to where you still like, yeah, that's dark and gritty and I love it? Um, I would say, um, I, I, I mean, I, I guess I go a lot to the Rogue One stuff when it's the, 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 the cost of it all is really in front of you. Mm. Uh, the, the, you know, the choices to commit some of the, 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 you know, Jyn Erso, I believe like Jyn Erso crying in front of the hologram of her father is more dark and gritty than almost anything for me in Star Wars. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot more of that kind of stuff. Um, it, it, it's it's like all right so i'll say revenge of the sith cool yeah, yeah yeah but you know what it is it's it's the pain in kenobi's face as he's uh screaming you uh, you were the chosen one right that that clip that's mm-hmm. so popular and you can be memed and everything like that there's that 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 suffering that pain that i don't want to live in but I, i'm drawn to that but even that, that's why i like padme's rumination so much and, and just that that's one of my favorite moments and not a word of dialogue spoken between them uh i think that's very realistic and heartbreaking so i go to those kind mm. of things yeah, that that's a really great example. Just that that pain, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, we have not uh, all been a, a, a trapped in a secret marriage while the government is collapsing. Or maybe some of us are, <laughs> yeah. uh, but we all know that that oh, we just we need to be with the person we love to figure this out, and we can feel that it's not you know uh, you know how, how many times have you felt something like that while waiting for a text right of what's happening what's going on i need to connect with this person i know things aren't right uh yeah so so powerful um yeah for me there's so many uh storytelling moments i will go to one that gets discussed a lot i love at the end of rogue one i absolutely love the vader hallway scene and uh some discussion of that is uh, i've seen online of people being like i don't know why people like this just fantasy about this murder or murdering people um and for me what i love about it is yeah there is just like the space adventure thrill of like yeah vader's supposed to be a really powerful badass uh let's see what he's like at the height of his power when he's truly unleashing there's definitely just some like fun of that mm-hmm. for sure but the reason that i love that is i don't think that vader hallway scene is a celebration of vader i understand some people might take it that way but I don't think it's framed that way. We are literally seeing it from the eyes of the rebels mm-hmm. who are standing up to this horror show that Anakin has allowed himself to become. And so it is dark and gritty. Uh, but for me, it's all about that perspective that that makes a difference of like, this is what they're standing up to. This is what they're facing down. And even with all that power and all that violence that Vader has, uh, people make sacrifices and that little baton of hope gets away from him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even with all that desire to control all that power, all that violence, he can't. Yeah. That, that, that last person's like, I know I'm going to die, but I'll stick it through the door because it's, it's bigger than me. It's more important. You know, it's, yeah. it's about how Vader, you know, can't control everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to talk specifically about that scene, I, I think it, yeah, it, you can live in both sides of, of uh, the, the, the reaction to it. Of I, I, I definitely feel, as a, as a Star Wars fan of old, like it was like, oh, Vader at the height of his powers, right? We're always daydreaming about that, and that's part of the thing that that brings us Star Wars. That cool thing. It's just, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to necessarily live there. So I think you can celebrate that moment for that, and it's a horror show. It's a monster on the loose. 
Uh, it's all those things. But yeah, the rebel perspective. And then I know we, I absolutely know we've discussed this before, but one time I just had a, a kind of a negative reaction to a tweet of someone was like, it's a cool scene, but it has nothing to do with the story. And I was just like, it's, it's everything. <laughs> it's, it's everything. everything. All it's- the power in the world that Vader's gotten. Agreed. The more the building of power, he's everything. And he can't get the thing he needs. It escapes. Hope goes on. That, that I think you're right. And I think, and, and, and it's okay to live in both. It's okay to live in both. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I really wanted to highlight that one because it can be focal. But like, yeah, I, I love Boba Fett's uh, rampage in The Mandalorian in season two. I, I love him on the Rancor. I think that can be kind of a dark and gritty moment. Um, it, it's so emotionally complicated. We've talked about it a ton, so we don't need to go into the, all the whys. But, you know, it's heartbreaking. But the scene where Han tries to reach Kylo and, and, and Kylo murders his own father. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty dark for a, a fun movie. And even The Force Awakens had that. Like, yay, Star Wars is back. Fun. <laughs> Han Solo's son did kill him, and it was sad. Uh, you know, some of the magic of Star Wars is that we go to these dark places, we watch his characters fall so far, uh, so they have a chance to climb back up. Look, and we've talked about this before as well. If Force Awakens comes back, Star Wars soft reboot of the uh, of the franchise. Han and Leia are separated; <laughs> they're not together. Luke Skywalker said, "Eh, <laughs> yeah." So many great things. Um, recently in Bad Batch, the destruction of Camino that was heartbreaking and yeah. brutal, right? Uh, but it was about those characters, you know, trying trying to escape the past as it uh, collapsed around them, you know? Uh, just a, a ton. I could go on and on. I really do like the dark and the gritty and the edgy of Star Wars. It's, it's just how it all fits in as a part of the uh, entire puzzle of Star Wars. Yeah, I agree with that. Does it bother you uh, when the edgy of Star Wars bumps up directly with the weird, the silly, the cute, the childlike? Um, you know, examples jump out like the the Battle of Naboo, where where we go right from the Qui Gon waiting behind the laser gate to to fight this terrifying figure of Maul uh, to Jar Jar whacking his crotch. <laughs> you know. Uh, there's a lot of tonal jumps in Book of Boba Fett. You know, it's some things people don't like where there are moments where Boba Fett is a fearsome badass. And then there's moments where he's he's chasing the rabbit droid around in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like is it an old uh, an old Hollywood comedy? Um, Clone Wars animated series swings wildly from just like horrific mass death to like droid comedy. There's mm-hmm. endless examples of Star Wars butting up the extremely dark to the very weird, silly, cute. How do you feel about that? Um, I, I look the question of uh, does it bother me? No. Next question doesn't bother me. No. Um, <laughs> look, it doesn't. Uh, look, I, I even sometimes disagree with uh, George about the Phantom Menace after that first screening where he and Ben Bird and McCallum are constantly kind of around with uh, blank looks on their faces. And George yeah, is like, might have gone too far. Might have gone too far. I, I don't think you did. I really don't. I think we we could take it in. Um, and I like similar. It's it's kind of different. But it's like I don't agree with the Rise of Skywalker is too fast paced. I are, just are you not watching the movie? Like it's there. It's a little different question. I understand. But look, this is uh, no. I, I get it. It doesn't always work in the films. Uh, I, I understand that the Jar Jar crotch shots might be a bridge too far. I understand. <laughs> um, so I, I, this is a very personal answer you know i but no i think it's all realistic because this is what star wars is doing uh rogue one a little bit of different take no rabbit droids being chased there and it works and it works relatively well i would say uh but look man i gotta be honest like i've been covered in 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 the blood of crime victims and made some of my best jokes it's just the way life is sometimes and i can live with that each beat each scene tells me something different 
And uh, I'd like to think these movies can allow you to go through that journey. Again, does it always work? Does every beat come together perfectly in all Star Wars stories? Uh, Comedy here, serious there? No, I understand it. And some of you might not like that, but um, I'm fine with it in that way. Yeah, I I understand that it bothers some people and it doesn't work for them. I think it's a valid opinion and I respect that. I think you can run into lots of like, hey, uh, storytelling should have like a storytelling should have tonal consistency right and mm-hmm. if you've just had a dark moment yeah maybe you have a joke to kind of bring back some levity in but it's got to be very delicately balanced and this is one of the things i like about star wars sometimes star wars is like uh, delicate balance what are you talking about no <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're not going to delicately balance that we're, we're going to go real dark and then we're going to go real silly and we're going to be right next to each other and for me that i know it's a totally subjective opinion but i kind of enjoy that tension i enjoy that that's a fact of Star Wars. Um, uh, the book of Boba Fett chapter five with Din is just so fascinated by, we talked about during our review, like that first half is so dark and cool. That spaceship there, the space station is so cool. Mando hacking people apart in a butcher shop, cutting his own leg, being told he isn't even a Mandalorian anymore and to just leave, you know, like there's so much of it that's like dark and cool and like, wow, you know, and then this whole second half of that episode, I kind of expected more people to push back on. And I was thrilled they didn't because it, mm. tons of, you know, jokes and fun. It's silly and wizard. Um, but that's Star Wars to me. And I feel like that episode was one that was just like wrestling with the tonal nature of Star Wars, the tonal tension and showing like, look, Din can live in this world uh, of darkness or he can allow himself to change a little bit. He can allow joy in a little bit. He can allow a ship. He can enjoy a ship going fast and say wizard, you know, it was the point to me uh, of, of playing with those tonal shifts in star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a great example that the, what would you call that episode? The tale of two mothers, like it, yeah. it's, it's two, <laughs> two sides of the coin. Yeah. And again, some specific moments that we don't need to list through, but like I'll always concede Luke tossing the lightsaber over his shoulder whether it was intended comical or not, it played like it. And so maybe it was just a little bit of a record scratch. Like I only <laughs> concede on those kind of things, uh, but I'm still good with all of the tones existing in one, one movie in one story. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's, uh, it is, you know, it's always subjective, especially with, with comedy and yeah. how do those beats fit together? And is this a moment for this kind of comedy? And, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff I think is, is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and subjective, uh, but I think for me, I just I like that both exist in Star Wars, and sometimes they exist, exist kind of right next to each other. Yeah. So we have touched on this uh, a bit, but I, I want to be sure to talk about this. Do you think the overall more sort of uh, gritty, grounded nature of Rogue One is part of what makes it so popular? Oh, one hundred percent. No porks were harmed in the filming of Rogue One, <laughs> uh, but also no porks were in Ro- uh, Rogue One. Yeah, uh, I, I think it works, and it, and it scratches an itch. I, I still would argue at the at the end of the day, it is a pretty, um, I don't say a hopeful tale, but it's about hope. It's, uh, it's the, the it's yeah. not subtle. It's the last word of the film, right? <laughs> yeah, and I also think going back up top to like the Bill Moyers, uh, New Hope came out at the right time. Rogue One came out at a real good time. For yeah. us to have a real realistic take on the fight for hope. Uh, and I think it benefited from that in hindsight. And there were a lot of folks that like, hey, Force Awakens was, uh, you know, a little bit too bright emotionally for me or something, whatever it is. Uh, I, I think Rogue One benefited from that. Uh, um, not a perfect movie by any sense of means. We've we've di- taken those dives into second act and all those kind of things. But I think overall it was a war picture and that's how it was kind of sold as. And 
not a lot of uh, a lot of comedy. Uh, you know, we but it, it, K2S is fun. Uh, Bays and and, and Shirt have uh, a, a funny uh, relationship and interplay, but it all it all underneath it all is a lot of hope. It just uh, it just didn't shine as bright as the other ones. Yeah, I I think I've been thinking about this a lot about what people uh you know just general audience what people want out of Star Wars, and I think one of the things that makes Rogue One so popular is it's got a lot of the the fun, the action, and the sort of spectacle of Star Wars and spaceships and uh, blasters and Vader and, you know, uh, droids and all that. It's very Star Wars and, you know, hundreds of TIE fighters taken off at once. But in in general, uh, the tone is, and the world is kind of a little bit, a little bit serious, right? I mean, the, yeah. the Borg Gullet is definitely B-movie and pulpy, but not in like a fun way it's invasive and dangerous right mm-hmm. uh and and the main source of humor you're right there's some great uh uh jokes along the way but a lot of the humor is from k2so and it is wry and sarcastic and it's yeah his point of view is coming from a cynical place right mm-hmm. um even my favorite joke of uh, when when Jin shoots the other uh droid and he's like did you know that wasn't me that's kind of a dark joke right yeah that's not Jar Jar, you know, uh, getting his uh, tongue numb, right? Uh, <laughs> could have been, could have been, uh, but but I I really love Rogue One because all of that grit and wryness is in service to a story of hope. You know, going back to what we we're saying at the top, Rogue One doesn't end on and they were wrong to fight, <laughs> right? You know, it ends yes. on it's all about hope and it's that question of Cassian's Cassian's losing his heart the whole rebel alliance are losing their heart Jin doesn't want to look up it's a, a story of people mired in a dark time who are at risk of losing their hearts and they don't so it is a story of hope but the surface is all this this gritty darky dark darker edgy yeah, you well, you 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 said the word serious a, a little bit ago in this discussion about Rogue One, and I I, I love that. I think there's there was um, it's almost like hey hey hey, hey kids, everyone, it's time to be serious. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got two hours of every everyone. We just got to be serious, and I think it. I think that's why it worked. But I know some folks who don't love Rogue One who rank it a little bit lower in terms of Star Wars rankings, and and that is one of the the reasons, you know. Yeah. Um, so again, subjective. This we know, but uh, I think the serious, serious tone is is a way to look at Rogue One. Yeah, and I think for me, last thing I want to say about Rogue One is I do love it for all the reasons that I've mentioned. Yeah. I but I don't want that to be always Star Wars, and I don't want the let let's be more serious. This is war. These are stakes. These characters are going to die. Uh, like it, that's all great. And I like that, but I don't want it to push out the silly and the pulpy and the fun. You know, I'd be happy if there were some porgs <laughs> yep. in rogue one. Um, I just, I, I want there to be room. I, I just, I don't want it to be like, we have to take star Wars so seriously. I still want it to have this sense of fun, even though it's about deep philosophy and there's gritty action. I, I just, I never want to lose the fun side of it as well. I, again, goes back to my statement of uh, I don't want to hear too much that a kid can't watch this. And Rogue One is one of the films that maybe you have to determine uh, is is your is your kid able to handle this? You all make those decisions. I have to worry about a Chihuahua. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, but I, I think you're right. Again, it's somewhat subjective, but uh, yeah, I, I, I it, it'd be a lot if that that's what Star Wars had become. Because again, it it just Star Wars isn't about my now 45 year journey with it. You know, or just 45 years on the Earth. Um, it's not about that. It's about others. And so, mm. 
serious, a constant serious tone would not allow for the next generation of seven-year-olds to enjoy it. That is a really great way to say it. Let's remember the next generation of seven-year-olds. And on that, we will take a quick break and be back to continue our discussion. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And we are back to continue our discussion of the dark side, the edgy side of Star Wars and how it's balanced with all those other elements of Star Wars. We want to take a look at the future of Gridian Star Wars, which now I sounds like I'm talking about a mascot. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we talked a lot about Rogue One and what we love about it and how it does have a, a different tone. Uh, it's in a darker time. And of course, one of the shows that's coming out is Andor, uh, really exploring some of the darker times for that character. This is the official description, Ken, on the coming soon page on Disney's website. This is from Disney. It says, Andor, a tense, nail-biting spy thriller. It says a lot of other things about who's in it, but that's what I wanted to, to focus mm-hmm. on. Disney is describing it as a tense, nail-biting spy thriller. Are you excited for that tone? And if so, why? I am excited for that tone. It is an extension of Rogue One, we think, right? And not just in terms of characters and people behind it, but you just kind of think, oh, we're going to live in that pocket. So I am okay with a serious toned series because I, I i know that's not what we're going to live in all the time overall right i'm just overall now i will mm-hmm. say this i'm not i don't i'm not taking anything away from the path and career and life and purpose of cassian andor his fight is real his fight is deep it's the fight goes beyond just the surface it's 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 it's, it's, it's his existence excuse me um so i don't want to undercut that I do hope he tells a joke and laughs at some point. He's got so much on his plate. I just want him to be able to have a moment of levity. He, 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 he in Rogue One, they have to, you know, the big cast, big crew, big, big ensemble. So you're not going to have a campfire conversation where Cassian's telling jokes. I understand that. But I just, all that to say in tone, I just, I want, I want that, I want that character. I want that man to be able to just laugh once because he, yeah. he deserves it. Yeah. Right. Uh, I agree with you. I think, yeah, he's so charming. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, those sparks of of joy connection, you know, yeah. uh, in Rogue One are so great. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited for Andor because I think in particular, describing it as a tense, nail-biting spy thriller, it's a kind of dark, gritty, <laughs> mm-hmm. serious that we haven't seen as much in Star Wars. The specific tension of espionage right of is he he's undercover will he be discovered he's working with an imperial informant can he actually trust this person does he have to pretend to be close to someone that he isn't does he have to lie to himself in that way you know do you have those kind of scenes where like uh he's in a room and if uh if the person sees that one thing on the desk it gives him away like that kind of tension that's really born of espionage stories. We haven't seen a ton of in star Wars and I'm really excited for that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, there, there, it won't work and or won't work if, if we tune in to see our buddy Cassian and, and he's learning to juggle at a, a party, <laughs> you know, like it's gotta, it's gotta strike all that. And then that specific thing of the es- espionage uh, in that time period, in that story, of the rebellion, uh, I am in, I am interested in that. And again, again, I keep saying this: you can live in both worlds. I, I just, not you and I here aren't pushing back against dark, gritty edges. Mm-mm. We're saying it's part of it, and we just don't want to live in it all the time. And and this series is gonna, I'm gonna roll up my 
uh, my jeans to my ankles and wade in this serious water. <laughs> wade into some serious water. But I do agree with you. I feel like um, I feel like Cassian's story could really be about uh, he has to accept what he has to do. He's racked with guilt, but he has to pack it away because he has to do those things, right? Because the mm-hmm. payoff in Rogue One is I did all these horrible things for a good cause because I thought it would all be worth it. Yeah. So I feel like in this show when you're talking about wanting to see the some joy right mm-hmm. uh it, not necessarily a stand-up set from cassian <laughs> but some joy of like i would love to see that balanced out with who's he who he's fighting for you know he kind of mentions his family he mentions he's been in the fight for six years old but like yeah. who who is he fighting for in specific because yeah, he's not he's not just fighting for ideology he's fighting for people right so see who he loves either from his past or does he encounter someone along the way that, you know, an informant that he becomes close to like, mm-hmm. so I think seeing that side of these are the people I'm fighting for. This is all this love over here. So I turn around and do these dark things because I feel like I have to, to save these people I love. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. I, I it could just be simple as, as family. And, and I'm talking about flashbacks to a six year old, but like family now and that the fight goes on. And, and that's the reason he, he, he has no choice, but to be in this fight. I think when I say like he deserves a laugh, it's not, it's not just uh, you know I want some gallows humor or something like that. No, I want to see, I want to see a little bit of spark. Uh, that that by the time we see him in Rogue One, the spark is out, and he's got to got to figure out why he's doing this and the, the is it worth it? Everything that's a different journey for that movie. I, that's that's kind of what I, I mean. I love that idea of uh, family, uh, loved one, somebody loves all those kind of things. The, the reason he's fighting. Yeah, yeah, something to make him smile in the mm. in the dark times. Yeah, uh, there, for me, there's also this element of. We've been talking a little bit about the the cute and the silly and the comedy, but there is also this element of the pulp, right? Just the weird. Um, and I think that's, you know, so in the original trilogy, right? Of it, it, When you, you accept it, because you've seen it since you were a child for the most part, but, you know, it's pretty weird that uh, Han Solo gets taken out by becoming a brown ice cube, right? Like, carbon freezing is weird. Uh, the Sarlacc is weird. Um I kind of want and hope for, even though Cassian is living in this more serious time with this more espionage tone, I still love him to get, you know, attacked by a weird plant, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you feel about that pulp side of things? The weird side, not cute, but weird. Absolutely. Who knows the underbelly of of, uh, the galaxy trying to find information. Maybe he does chase a robot uh, rabbit droid. Like, come on, you know, (laughs) Uh, absolutely like to see that, especially, yeah, especially if he's going into um, if he needs to go to the underworld at any time. I think, uh, you know, people might be we might need a little break from tattooing in the underworld. This I I, uh, understand. I understand. But, you know, yeah, I'd love to if he's captured and. And uh, it, I hope if, if Indira Varma is uh, playing a villain or whatever, like I, that, I hope it's uh, there's some uh, delicious scene chewing uh, moments there, you know? Yeah. Interrogated him by, you know, putting weird starfish on his eyes. Get yeah, me weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think it's, it was absolutely commendable of you to try to get away from Tatooine, but we can't because we're going to be talking about Kenobi next. Um, how are you feeling about the, the Kenobi balance? Uh, obviously, uh, if it is a story of Obi-Wan facing Vader, which it uh, seems like it is uh, physically, I think emotionally, that means there's probably some dark, heavy moments. We know Obi-Wan Kenobi is not going to, you know, win (laughs) in terms of uh, uh, he might win the fight physically, but he's not going to get Anakin to turn away from the dark side. What do you think is the right mix for Kenobi? What What are your thoughts on on its heaviness? Yeah, I was trying to sum this up as best I could. I, I want C- Clone Wars Kenobi snark meets a New Hope weariness. 
<laughs> and maybe it's the transition. Like, come on, it's you and you, you, you know, I still want some kind of like Sith Lords or our speciality. Is it, is it really? Yeah, no, I, I want that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, so much of what we think we might be seeing is what's going on inside of him. So we might have some quiet, more somber, introspective moments, but it's, um, it's still Kenobi, man. It's still he everywhere. Uh, he's, he's got some humor, even in new hope. I mean, Guinness kind of sets a lot of that tone even. Right. Uh, should I have heard about the yeah. talking? Like it's, it's always there. So I think that kind of mix, um, that can uh, kind of make the dark, heavy moments pop even more. Yeah. Yeah. I expect some of the kind of what I think of is the empire strikes back gritty of like, wow, Kenobi has been through a lot. He's lost a lot of people uh, facing uh, Anakin Vader, uh, trying to get through to him. Uh, but he, maybe he gets close, but he can't do it. Oh, just the, he wants to help people, but he can only help so much. And questioning whether he's on the right path. I think there's going to be like just a lot of great turmoil, right? Dark, heavy stuff. And Vader versus Kenobi, I think, you know, that's going to be cool and, and badass up to a point. Um, but I think, yeah, within that, I think Kenobi is handles uh, uh, dark situations with uh, wry comedy, a little bit of a snark. Um, but I think for me, much, much like Rogue One, we'll see. I think the story, even though it's going to deal with some of the dark, heavy stuff, in my opinion, the story is about Kenobi being an agent of the light. That's yeah. who Kenobi is. You can throw him through horrific darkness and he won't break, right? Mm-hmm. The Inquisitors, dealing with the Jedi death, his failure to save Vader, all stuff that's horrific for him, torturous, but he's not going to break. Um, some of his stories in the Clone Wars animated series that I love, like this is this is who I am. That's what a Jedi is. You, you deal with it. <laughs> you don't break. So I think maybe the show is going to be him reminding himself of that finding his strength like that's what being a jedi means to me is hope and the hope doesn't break kenobi doesn't break you know and i think it's going to end on hope that kenobi having no doubt that that luke in the next generation will set things right yeah the big turning of the chapter in his life uh, i love this idea of if, if it's re recentering himself right uh, forgiving himself, all those kind of things, all aiming towards the light. That's that's uh, one of the reasons Kenobi's around this story. Yeah, yeah. So excited for that possibility. I also want to ask you how you feel about shows like uh, Bad Batch or Rebels that tell, uh, from one perspective, a heartwarming story about fan found family, uh, but it's sent against the backdrop of the Empire's tyranny. Uh, well, I, I, I love it because we talk often about ins- inspiration, and so... You know, I think back at like, you know, we have those moments you and I talk about uh, in like the Phantom Menace where it seems like uh, the uh, Trade Federation's occupation is just a matter of uh, you wait around patiently while the droids process paperwork. And uh, we get a later a sense that it's a little a little more uglier than that. And even E.K. Johnson's touching them on that in the books. So you take that kind of thing. Bad Batch has this horrible backdrop, but uh, it, it, it deals with it in a more realistic way than the Phantom Menace example I, I gave, uh, which, again, George was trying to do something different there. So I love that dance. I love that. Therefore, against this, oh, this horrible stuff going on, this these these flowers are springing up from the concrete, right? Mm. And that really works for me in in modern Star Wars now. So Bad Batch, that's why I I I know Bad Batch, you know, didn't hit for everyone too. Again, not every Star Wars hits for everyone. We we understand that. But uh, I heard uh, I was bored by this as uh, this or just uh, cameo of the week. I don't know, man. I just was focused on. 
on that little uh, little ray of sunshine in the in in, in the darkness and in in, uh, in, a, in a black and white movie we got the the one spray, a splash of color to to kind of move us forward uh, doesn't and it doesn't downplay it doesn't hide the serious stuff that Camino thing you mentioned very very dark very big very sad uh, the action's heavy uh, the costs are real. But then uh, you, you, your, your humanity is still exists. Our humanity, not just the characters, but our humanity can still be found in those kind of situations. Yeah, I, I really love Bad Batch for that because it's showing very clearly, you know, some planets cheering the Empire. Some planets going, hey, wait, no, wait. <laughs> you're, you're locking us all down. We're getting IDs. You're, you know, saying like, oh, no, we're going to bring industry to your planet uh, by not paying you and making you work against your will. Industry. You know, it, it's not shying away from the darkness of the Empire, the cruelty of just like we took what we wanted from Camino, and, you know, we're not going to work with you. We're just going to wipe you out. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's dark and gritty, but it is so balanced by this little family who's trying to find their way through it. And, you know, a character like Wrecker, who is, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to find joy in all these little places. Just, uh, But when we finish a mission, no matter how dark, we get a snack. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, like, I think my favorite episode is that, that Cad Bane Omega one where she starts to get a sense of like, Oh, there's, there's some darkness in, in mm-hmm. my, in my past, you know, yeah. uh, looking at whatever these tortured creatures are in these, you know, in these jars. Um, but, but she's still such a, a array of light and hope. And, uh, I really like that balance in star Wars where, where you have both. Absolutely. Absolutely. How do you feel about rebels? Where do you, where would you rate rebels? Cause mm. it starts with a, I think, uh, a, a, a real burst of like fun. Right. It, it, and a lot of those early missions, uh, the characters are sad. They have a lot at stake emotionally, but like the stormtroopers don't feel like a big threat. They get taken out pretty easily, uh, but it's still set in a in a time of great darkness, and the characters go through a lot. How do you feel about Rebels? I think it is the it is Rogue One for a younger audience, right? It's mm. that time period. I absolutely think it works that way. And 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 initially going back twenty fourteen, well documented. I initially was like. Yeah, this is bad. Like, uh, it's just too silly. It's, it's, was it puffer pigs and Star? What are, you, are you telling me Star Wars is for kids now? I had, <laughs> I had some of that energy. That's an exact quote for me, but I had some of that energy. And that's why it's part of my own journey with it there. And the show, um, it's one of those things that you and I just discussed, uh, with Midnight Horizon, Daniel Jose Older. It's like, it's, it's, uh, it's talking, it's talking with, its intended audience, not at, at it or down. And I think Rebels allows for some growth in its audience. The first season is a little lighter. It is, uh, hey, this is this world you're part of, but there's some dark things in this world and here's how you can deal with it. By the time you get to Sabine Wren, bawling and working through her trauma with the Darksaber stuff, uh, Kanan, uh, all those things going on, even even the Maul Kenobi stuff, and, and Ezra as he grows, Ezra as he literally puts aside the slingshot and becomes who he's <laughs> supposed to be. Like I think it, I think it effectively pulls everyone along for the growth, and that's why. Uh, but at the end of the day, always remains uh, fun. It always remains funny, and always remains uh, a, t- a dash of lightness when it needs it. Yeah, I, I think maybe that's one of the reasons that Rebels has been such a powerful mm-hmm. show to bring people into Star Wars. I think what you said about the way it invites uh, invites you in, and it, there are stakes. The characters do have trauma, uh, but it, it only gets uh, darker. It only gets worse. And then to see the characters uh, survive and thrive within that is yeah. a great Star Wars message. Absolutely. 
So in theory, one of the other upcoming shows we have is The Acolyte, which has been said to focus on the dark side. Do you expect it to have a, a darker rise sense of humor given some of the other work of Leslie Headland? Look, man, witches are funny, and I think you, <laughs> Leslie Headland is bringing hocus pocus energy to Star Wars. You got you guys got it all wrong out there. <laughs> um, no, you know one of the things uh, she has a, a rom com out uh, years ago. Allison Brie, Jason Sudeikis. What is it? Sleeping with other people. That's what I love that movie, and it's it's a total different energy. I think I think go the dark and gritty she potentially could bring, and we know next to nothing of this series is right. the. The, the, the start of uh, this conversation, this honest take on it. And if it is dealing with um, dark side energy, again, we, we don't 100% know. I think it won't be to glorify it. I definitely don't think it will be, but it will be to analyze how maybe you get to that spot. What What is the trauma that gets you there? What's the trauma that keeps you there? How can you work through it? I, I absolutely trust that it's going to have some hope in uh, the the darkness. But the, just the title alone, the acolyte, just that you just – Pop culture trains you to think that there's something there's something gritty going on. So I think it's going to be a good mix, or it's just going to be Bette Midler singing, which might be fine. <laughs> Excellent, uh, hocus pocus reference, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really liked uh, Russian Doll that she uh, uh, co-wrote, um, and that has some just great dark comedy. That has some great people like we're having a rough time and we're trying to figure our way out. And jokes are one of the ways that we handle it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know. I think also the the little bit that we've heard from Leslie Headland about really loving the sort of uh, I, I, I want to look at a map of Star Wars and think, where could the adventure go? Right. That there's still a sense of like uh, we would say like a globe trotting, but I guess galaxy trotting uh, adventure along with a darkness, along with a wry sense of humor. That's kind of the mix that I'm expecting of. Yeah, it, it's going to deal with the dark side, but deal with uh, all of these aspects of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Fully formed picture. So, yeah, so we've looked at a couple of the upcoming shows. Do you have any other hopes or desires for the future of what edgy and gritty can mean in Star Wars? Um, if we get to the old Republic point, and not just uh, remastered games and everything, which people are excited for, all that kind of stuff, but if we, we get the, are we finally going to get there, right? Um, uh, I would love to see it dealt with, um, in a, I guess, well, realistic way, but just that, that, that they thread that needle on... Uh, those, those those characters with those red lightsabers that they are still uh, choosing to be on the wrong side of these battles uh, as Star Wars kind of maintains it. That's my only hope if we go that direction. But with things like High Republic, High Republic brings its own um, realism mm -hmm. and honest take, uh, and but keeps the big Star Wars picture in mind. Again, you and I, but you, it's so fresh on my mind, just the Midnight Horizon. Uh, one of the things I just loved is just one of the first times I really saw Star Wars deal with uh, crushes, d love, desire, the crisis of all that, and speaking to a younger audience, quote unquote, with this young adult novel, just speaking in such a real way. It was uh, edgy in its own way. And that's the kind of stuff I'd love to see a little bit more of in Star Wars, too. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think it's really great that you uh, brought up High Republic. I think that uh, from interviews and from uh, mostly from the actual text, it really seems like that is the goal of those storytellers is to say, look, it, it, this is audacious <laughs> that the the Jedi and the other heroes of the galaxy would fight for a slogan like for light and life or we are all the Republic that strive to get this 
delicate message of of unity and empathy and kindness and working together and, and valuing everybody. These these are great values, but they're so fragile. They're so easily attacked. And what's the journey of characters who are trying to uh, live that mantra themselves, communicate it, back it up, and what's going to attack that, you know? And in some ways, the High Republic, I think, because you think of We Are All the Republic for light and life. Almost every uh, poster is a Jedi with their saber up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> every book cover. Uh, not everyone, but a lot of them. You can think about it as like, yay, yeah, but, you know, those are some of the darkest things, uh, mm-hmm. events, right, of just like, three major tragedies lots of some of the intrigue being characters can die and they do and oh oh no will the character i love die and you know characters going through horrifically dark things and then going but i'm gonna pick myself up back up again uh it's a it's a really great i think um study of star wars relationship with dark and light of the the dark in the gritty is uh to show that those things are real they happen uh and then how are you going to navigate them? Yeah, a lot, a lot of uh, finding your purpose in the pursuit of uh, hope, which is is so hard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Again, kind of this, I love the part of this conversation. And look, we're going, sometimes you and I are going to different spots uh, in our conversations because uh, we're working through our own stuff or trying yeah. to find <laughs> the needle on. I'm not trying to insult anyone if, if you do love Darth Malgus. Like, but it's like, I look at a lot of high Republic stuff. It is, that is the true definition of, uh, of uh, of edgy stuff for me again going back to what you were saying honest it's not a sitcom it's always sunny on tv and everything ends up with a hug there's death there's destruction there's loss of love unrequited love love you can't get like there's all these big real themes and uh and also jedi are, are dying horrifically you know uh, so it's pretty dark but it's all in the pursuit of hope yeah, very well said. Very dark in pursuit of hope. And I, I just, I think I want more stories like that. I would love some really dark, gritty stories about characters uh, who don't break or characters who do break and then try to find their way back. That's the dark and the gritty that I want in Star Wars. I'm, uh, I enjoy it on the surface. I just want that that heart to be there. So I'd, I'd love to see, I've been on record saying I'd really love an old Republic movie and I would love to spend time with the Jedi, but I would love to spend time with the Sith of how do they you know, rationalize, uh, uh, being, you know, this army uh, of Sith, right. Um, are there, you know, what, what are their relationships with one another? And I think a study of, uh, villains who, who have made the wrong choice are valuable and are interesting. And I think we can be fans of them and think they look aesthetically cool and that, but it's just, to me, it's gotta be balanced. Um, and I would love to see that on, on the big screen. Uh, absolutely. It'd be great. It'd be great. Yeah. I'd also love a Star Wars horror movie, a Star Wars John Wick movie. There's lots of like dark and gritty Star Wars stuff I'd like <laughs> as long as it ultimately does uh, come back to the things that you're saying of uh, a, a kid can watch it, <laughs> yeah. uh, at least a, a, a PG-13 rating <laughs> uh, and that the message is ultimately trying to get back there to the light. Yeah. Yep. I love that for light and life. Do you have, I'm going to ask you a, a, a final question, but before I do that, I, I want to see if you, you have any other big picture thoughts. Uh, this is somewhat of a tough conversation to, to nail down. It's like, I'm going into my past and going, and it's like, I, and I've, I don't ever want to say that I don't enjoy just some red lightsaber wielding monster hacking people into, you know, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing of just living, right? It's like, yeah, you know, it's just part of it. I, you know, I'm a big uh, fan of uh, professional wrestling and, and not just have been into it, but one of the reasons I love it is, you know, 
I kind of like getting punched in the face. It makes you feel alive, right? It's a weird thing for me to say. Uh, and I love some of that, but I also, uh, you know, it's, it's also about telling stories that are about uh, uh, the good winning. I mean, it's all there. So it's, it's, it's fine to say it's both as it's been a great conversation to have, uh, uh, even though I, I don't know all the answers myself. Yeah, no, I don't know all the answers myself either. I think I know what I like. I think I know the journey that I've gone on <laughs> mm-hmm. in, the, in the way I choose to look at stories and let myself enjoy stories in different ways. I think maybe that's uh, the final thought. For me, I'm really okay to say uh, a, a specific Star Wars story can be a tale of um, somebody who's made a bad choice and they're on their way to making a better one. Like, you know, take Rise of Skywalker. I love that that is ultimately a story about Ben making a better choice, even after he's made all those horrific choices. But I still like watching him rage and just take down those cultists at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and for me, that's why I think why I like to talk about Star Wars being full of tension is that it doesn't need to be one thing. It can be many things and you can enjoy it on many levels. And I think I, as a viewer, want to have a, a relationship with myself where I can go, I enjoyed watching Kylo Ren brutally slaughter those people. But that's out of enjoying uh, the space fantasy, the action adventure, the uh, dark fantasy of what's it like to give in to that anger. Mm. I don't agree with that. I'm not getting life inspiration from that. I'm getting life inspiration from Ben making a better choice. But I still enjoy those scenes for all these other reasons. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, Well, you nailed many things in a nice, dark, gritty way. Uh, My final question for you, Ken, is would you like to see a show just called Order 66? (laughs) And we follow every Jedi that died that day. Every single one. Wow, it's it's a long series. (laughs) Yes, it's it's funny. Yes, joke answer. Yes, totally. Love that. Love that. But why would I want that? To know that a couple survived. So even then, (laughs) on a jokey level, I'm going towards hope. Yep, I, I I feel like we're starting to get, I'm sure there are already super cuts, uh, but between all the different moments where we yes. have seen that from Revenge of the Sith to uh, mm-hmm. Book of Boba Fett and absolutely everything in between, we have seen uh, so many moments. Well, I'm sure we're going to see more. Um, I think what I would like is an extremely long in memoriam super cut on YouTube where it is really about <laughs> celebrating these Jedi. Like it's a nice picture of Keati Mundi then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you see it love oh yeah yeah there you go uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd watch that content on disney plus just hours of a roll call <laughs> absolutely it's like one of those uh watching the fireplace roars video but much darker <laughs> much darker well that's our big look at this discussion uh, i think is uh is ken said uh very well this is one of those episodes where we're really wrestling uh with how exactly to define what we're talking about looking at uh what it means in terms of what's the meaning of the story, what's the surface of the story, what's the thrill of the story, uh, what's it like when dark things happen, but the general tone is like, yeah, let's not concentrate on it. <laughs> There's so many different ways to look at it and so many different ages and emotions and, and things in life to approach it from uh, that we hope you enjoyed hearing our thoughts from our life experiences. And of course, uh, we're always interested to hear other people's journey. And in particular, this time, the journey with the dark, the gritty, the edgy, 
in Star Wars. Ken, where can people find us? You can take your dark self to the internet where it's even darker <laughs> and find a ray of hope, we hope. Uh, we are on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We are on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. The podcast is available on a lot of spots, including Acast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. You can follow me at Cadnapsock or go to my website, Cadnapsock.com. Updates on upcoming comedy shows finally starting to emerge, including a big one on June 4th at the Troubadour here in West Hollywood. If you're local, look for more information on that soon. Joseph, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshot. And you can check out my website, josephscrimshot.com, for all of my other comedy adventures, past, present, and future. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Pong Crow, perhaps one of the darkest characters in Star Wars, this has been Force Force Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.